Are you looking for a view of the world that's a bit different? Hi, I'm Jason Palmer, a host of The Weekend Intelligence, a podcast from The Economist. Join us to hear the stories that matter most to our correspondents and editors. Every Saturday, we introduce you to people and ideas that take you outside the ordinary and expand your horizons one episode at a time. Join us and see the world from a new perspective. To listen free until May 31st, search Spotify for The Weekend Intelligence. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing, carefully consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Co. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Try Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. Built for WordPress creators by WordPress experts. With 100% uptime, incredible load times, and 24-7 WordPress priority support, your sites will be lightning fast with global reach. And with Bluehost Cloud, your sites can handle surges in traffic no matter how big. Plus, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. Get started now at Bluehost.com. On April 27, 1996, former director of the CIA, William Colby, drowned in the Potomac River. They say that it appears and they suspect that he fell overboard, was alive when he fell overboard, and perhaps it was hypothermia or something that set in, but he drowned as a result of it. They say there is no indication on the body or anything that would indicate foul play. William Colby was known for his honesty about the CIA's secrets. While testifying before Congress, Colby admitted to the CIA's involvement in spying on citizens and even assassination plots. His death was very well-timed. Dr. Stephen Greer, a ufologist calling for the government to expose the truth about UFOs, said that shortly before his death, Colby was working to expose one more government secret— that the U.S. government had reverse-engineered alien technology. Colby was allegedly going to give Dr. Greer's organization $50 million to help bring this technology to the public. But on the week that they were supposed to meet, Colby fell off of his canoe in the Potomac River and drowned. Officially, his death was ruled as an accident. But was it really an accident? Or was he really killed so he wouldn't tell the truth about alien technology on Earth? Welcome to Conspiracy Theories, the podcast where we dig into the complicated stories behind the world's most controversial events in search for the truth. I'm Carter Roy. I'm Molly Brandenburg. And neither of us are conspiracy theorists. But we are open-minded, skeptical, and curious. Don't get us wrong. Sometimes the official version is the truth. But sometimes it's not. 
You can listen to previous episodes of Conspiracy Theories, as well as all of ParCast's other shows, wherever you listen to podcasts. People often ask how they can help support the show, and if you enjoy the podcast, the best way to do that is to leave a five-star review online. This is our second and final episode on the conspiracy theory that the U.S. government has reverse-engineered alien technology. Last week, we discussed the U.S.'s history of reverse-engineering technology from other countries, not other planets. We also went over the official story of the supposed UFO that crashed in Roswell, New Mexico. Officially, the UFO was actually a Project Mogul balloon. Project Mogul was a secret government program that monitored Soviet Union nuclear capabilities, and the confusion about the crashed balloon was due to military officials in New Mexico being unaware of the classified project. The evidence for this being the truth is pretty solid. However, conspiracy theorists just aren't buying it. They believe the government took the Roswell UFO, covered it up, and then began reverse engineering it in order to advance American military and consumer technology. This week we'll go over three conspiracy theories exploring what we've supposedly reverse engineered from aliens. We'll also discuss another possible way we might have obtained alien technology in the first place. Conspiracy theory number one. The U.S. government has reverse engineered free renewable energy from alien tech. However, the government isn't introducing it to the public in order to protect their trillion-dollar investment in the fossil fuel industry. Conspiracy theory number two. An overwhelming number of eyewitnesses have seen black triangular aircraft flying over the U.S. While some of these ships allegedly hail from outer space, others are actually U.S. surveillance aircraft reverse-engineered from alien ships. Conspiracy theory number three. Aliens are actually giving us advanced technology in exchange for human test subjects, thanks to a treaty signed by the aliens and President Dwight Eisenhower. Let's start off with conspiracy theory number one. As we mentioned, the UFO that crashed down in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947 was actually a Project Mogul balloon. However, conspiracy theorists still believe that it really was a UFO, and according to our first theory, it ran on an advanced energy system that the U.S. government was quick to reverse engineer. In 1989, a man named Robert Lazar was interviewed by Las Vegas local television. This interview is one of the most pivotal points of UFO lore. In the interview, Lazar confirmed the existence of Area 51, the infamous military base believed to house not only alien aircraft, but actual aliens, dead and alive. Area 51 has always been a top-secret testing facility for the military. At the time of the interview, the government was still denying that Area 51 even existed. But here was a soft-spoken, lanky scientist admitting that all the rumors about the infamous facility were true. Lazar claimed to be a skilled physicist assigned to Area 51's S-4 base. While working there, he was shown the holy grail of alien conspiracies, a real-life flying saucer. In fact, he was shown nine of them, including a few from Roswell. Lazar claimed it was his job to reverse engineer the flying saucer's anti-gravity propulsion system. This propulsion system could move the UFO in two different ways. In one method, 
It simply sent out a gravitational wave downward, pushing the UFO upward. Alternatively, the gravitational waves could be focused on a specific point, creating an attractive force that pulls the craft towards said point, basically like a magnet shooting towards a piece of metal. Lazar also said that this method warped space-time in a way that brought the UFO's origin and destination closer together, basically folding the universe in half to minimize the distance between the two points. This would make intergalactic flight quick and easy. However, skeptics say that warping space-time like this would result in cataclysmic damage for everything in between the alien planet and ours, since they're getting warped as well. Well, this possibly catastrophic propulsion system was powered by Element 115. Lazar claimed that the U.S. government received 500 pounds of Element 115 from the inhabitants of the Zeta Reticuli star system, an alien race that we were apparently friends with. According to Lazar, the aliens from Zeta Reticuli have been interacting with our government since 1979. Why did they give us so much Element 115? We're not sure. Lazar's claims tend to raise more questions than they answer. Not everything Lazar says makes sense or can be verified. And the more you look into the man, the less credible he becomes. Lazar claimed to be a graduate of both MIT and Caltech. The thing is, neither of those schools have any record of him even attending, let alone graduating. Although conspiracy theorists claim the government could have erased all of his records to discredit him. It's possible, but still, things don't add up. Take Element 115, for example. Elements are numbered by the unique amount of protons that they have in one of their atoms. At the time of Lazar's interview, no known element had 115 protons, meaning that element 115 didn't exist. However, in 2003, more than a decade after Lazar's claims went public, scientists were able to create an element with 115 protons in a lab. But this official element 115 didn't have the same properties as the element Lazar claimed we received from the aliens. For one thing, Lazar said it was a stable element, but element 115 was actually very unstable. If the U.S. really had 500 pounds of it, all in one location like he said, it could start off an explosive chain reaction as strong as an atomic bomb. Also, element 115 has a very short lifespan. The moment our alien friends handed it to us, all 500 pounds of it would have decayed in 22 seconds. I'm not an expert in intergalactic travel, but I have to wonder if that's really enough time to reach a different planet. These facts don't bode well in Lazar's favor, but his interview was the beginning of the reverse engineering theory. If Lazar was telling the truth, his claims raise one major question. If this anti-gravity propulsion system exists, why hasn't it been introduced to the public? To conspiracy theorists, the answer is obvious energy suppression. This is the theory that the U.S. government is hiding or stopping the development of advanced energy systems, including systems reverse-engineered from aliens. Lazar's anti-gravity propulsion is just one of the many types of reverse-engineered energy that the government is supposedly hiding. And in May 2001, a group of accredited ufologists decided to finally call them out on it. These unacknowledged special access projects 
are taking in at least 40 to 80 billion dollars per year and they are sitting on technologies that can change the world forever. The reason we are coming forward now is that we are asking for the U.S. Congress and for President Bush to move towards an official inquiry and disclosure on this subject. Well, those are the words of Dr. Stephen Greer. On May 9th, 2001, Dr. Greer, along with 20 military, government, and scientific officials, came together at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. Their press conference called for the U.S. government to reveal the truth about alien life. Stephen Greer is an emergency room physician who left medicine to work full-time in unveiling government cover-ups of UFOs. We mentioned him and his claims about former CIA director William Colby's death earlier. Dr. Greer founded the Disclosure Project, a research project citing over 500, quote, verified UFO encounters. Their main goal is to fully reveal the government's secrets about UFOs, extraterrestrial intelligence, and advanced energy systems. Advanced energy systems such as Lazar's anti-gravity propulsion. But along with that, Dr. Greer is particularly focused on unveiling zero-point energy, or free energy. It was this kind of technology that Dr. Greer claimed William Colby was going to help him disclose before his death. Free energy systems are said to produce vast amounts of energy without pollution. It's a complex theory that suggests that the quantum vacuum, the quantum state with the lowest possible energy, is buzzing with energy vibrations. The quantum vacuum is also known as empty space. Hal E. Putoff of the Institute for Advanced Studies has said, quote, When you get down to the tiniest quantum levels, everything's always jiggly. Nothing is completely still, even at absolute zero. That's why it's called zero-point energy. Because if you were to cool the universe down to absolute zero, where all thermal motions were frozen out, you'd still have residual motion. The energy associated with that jiggling will remain too. End quote. Essentially, even though it's called empty space, there's still tons of energy inside of it. There's no such thing as a space with no energy. It's theorized that if we can extract and harness the jiggling energy vibrations in that empty space, we can use it to power our cars, planes, factories, and electronics, all without creating any pollution. Some conspiracy theorists say that Nikola Tesla's Wardenclyffe Tower in New York was a free energy device created in the early 1900s. But Tesla's investor, J.P. Morgan, allegedly pulled the tower's funding to protect his own investment in the fossil fuel industry. In actuality, the Wardenclyffe Tower was meant to be a wireless transmission tower for telegraphs. The project was abandoned when another inventor, Guglielmo Marconi, achieved a wireless transmission before Tesla could. This is one of the many supposed attempts to create free energy that conspiracy theorists point to. But like Tesla's tower, these experiments always turn out to be something else. Free energy is generally thought to be impossible and purely theoretical. Theoretically, though, free energy is pretty powerful. Just a small cup of it may be able to boil all of Earth's oceans. It may even be able to power a UFO from far-off galaxies during their whole trip to Earth. Thanks to these free energy systems, the UFOs theoretically wouldn't have to stop for gas during their trip. 
even more usefully, the power generated by free energy could end global warming by decreasing carbon dioxide emissions. Carbon dioxide absorbs the sun's heat that's reflected off of Earth's surface and releases it into the atmosphere. Thus, the more carbon dioxide we have in the air, the more heat at atmospheric levels. The Union of Concerned Scientists states that the fossil fuel industry is one of the biggest contributors to Earth's rising carbon dioxide levels. Burning coal, natural gas, and oil for energy seriously affects the well-being of our planet. Dr. Greer, among others, believes that these negative effects can be stopped and possibly reversed if the U.S. gave up using fossil fuels and instead used the free energy we reverse-engineered from UFOs. The question is, if the government really has reverse-engineered free energy, then what's stopping them from coming forward with it? One word money. If the government ceased all fossil fuel production, then they would lose out on the trillion-dollar investment they've put into subsidizing the fossil fuel industry. The relationship between the government and the fossil fuel industry does run pretty deep. In the 2015-16 federal election cycle, oil, gas, and coal companies spent $354 million in campaign contributions and lobbying. In return, they received $29.4 billion in federal subsidies. If we developed free energy, then fossil fuels would no longer be our go-to energy resource. The whole industry would go belly up. If that happened, the government would never see their return on those subsidies, and politicians would be giving up the millions of dollars in contributions they receive from fossil fuel companies every year. Conspiracy theorists believe that the government is hiding free energy technology until fossil fuels simply run out, at which point they'll finally come forward with the free energy systems that can save us from crisis. But as far as we can tell, that won't happen anytime soon. The U.S. Energy Information Administration states that recoverable coal reserves will last us about another 350 years until we run out of fossil fuels entirely. But maybe we don't have to rely on the government to give us free energy. Dr. Greer and his team have been researching top scientists who allegedly created zero-point energy systems by themselves, often with low budgets and very little equipment. But Dr. Greer doesn't provide much proof that these energy systems have actually been created. For me, this is where the conspiracy theory falls apart. If these low-budget scientists can create free energy, why haven't they gone public with it? It would make them millionaires. Well, Dr. Greer says that these independent energy geniuses are bought out by the government to keep their findings quiet. They're still making millions by keeping their discovery in the shadows. Still, Dr. Greer and his Disclosure Project are a very outspoken group. If their team discovered a viable free energy system, I'm sure they would make it public. It would be a big victory for their cause, and it could change the world. To make a free energy system that's viable enough to be released to the public, you'd need fully funded laboratories. Dr. Greer's scientists simply don't have those kind of resources nor do they have all that advanced UFO technology to speed up their process. But even with the best resources, free energy still doesn't seem to be possible. In the early 2000s, NASA began working on an engine called the M-Drive. 
It was theorized to be able to create enough power to travel through space using only free energy created by electromagnetic waves. In 2016, it seemed like they succeeded. While it wasn't much, their M-Drive did create a minimal amount of power without a fuel source. However, independent studies in 2018 showed that this power was not actually coming from free energy. The power NASA detected was actually Earth's electromagnetic field interacting with the M-Drive's power cables. It turns out even NASA was unable to create free energy. Hmm. Well, maybe they should hire some of Dr. Greer's scientists. Yes, the scientists that Dr. Greer doesn't mention by name or have much proof of at all. On that note, all of Dr. Greer's testimonies about reverse-engineered energy systems come from eyewitnesses who claim to have seen or worked on them. Unverified eyewitness reports involving secret alien technology are by nature not very credible. Disappointingly, some scientists believe that free energy may not even be usable, even if we manage to extract it. According to Dr. Stephen Novella of the New England Skeptical Society, the amount of energy in empty space, quote, ranges from exceedingly tiny to precisely zero. It's clearly not infinite, and it is not even a usable amount, end quote. The entire concept of free energy may be destined to stay purely theoretical forever. Taken altogether, I give this theory a 3 out of 10. It's plausible that wealthy fossil fuel lobbyists would stop the government from investing in alternatives like free energy. But when you look at the actual science, there's no definitive proof that free energy systems are even possible, much less that they've been reverse engineered from UFOs. Also, if the government and the fossil fuel industry are as money-hungry as the theory claims, then they would probably be the first ones to monetize free energy technology, not hide it. The idea of cleaner energy sources that can help our planet is a beautiful thought, but it just doesn't seem to be the truth. Like free energy, our next theory hinges on eyewitness testimonies. But what these eyewitnesses have that free energy witnesses don't is video proof. A quick internet search for black triangular UFO results in dozens of videos of low-flying triangular ships on Earth. While no government organization takes ownership of these black triangles, the glut of video evidence definitely points to them being real. The thing is, we don't know who they belong to. Aliens? The U.S. government? The answer may be both. More on that after a quick break. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Ooh. Summarize with AI in a click. Click, 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 click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new Moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money Maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Now back to the story. 
For six months in 1989 and 1990, Belgium was inundated with dark, flat aircraft flying at various speeds across the sky. Known now as the Belgian UFO wave, Belgians witnessed black triangular ships hovering all over their country. The triangles had orbs of light at each corner and one in the center, and they flew faster than humanly thought possible. In one instance, one of these ships traveled from an altitude of 10,000 feet down to 500 feet in five seconds. This confused Belgian officials since the G-forces associated with that kind of speed of descent likely would have rendered a human pilot unconscious. The Belgian UFO wave accumulated in over 13,000 eyewitness testimonies. But to this day, no one knows what exactly the UFOs were. Furthermore, after the initial Belgian UFO wave, these same triangular ships were spotted all over the world, especially in the U.S. According to the National Institute for Discovery Science, the U.S. had an intense uptick of black triangular UFO sightings from 1990 until 2004. And photos of similar ships found on MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, a leading database in UFO sightings, suggests that they were still being seen in the U.S. as late as 2015. One may think these are the same ships that were seen over Belgium, meaning an alien race is repeatedly visiting Earth in their signature black triangles. However, conspiracy theorists have an explanation that ties all of these sightings together. Our second conspiracy theory suggests that some of these black triangular UFOs come from another planet, but most are actually secret U.S. government aircraft, reverse-engineered from alien ships. This theory can be split into two parts. Firstly, do these secret government aircraft, commonly known as TR-3s, actually exist? And if they do exist, were they reverse-engineered from alien ships? There are three different aircraft that are alleged to be part of the TR-3 series of secret black triangular ships. The TR-3A Black Manta, TR-3B Aurora, and TR-3B Astra. Officially, all three of these craft have never been confirmed to exist. The TR-3A Black Manta is described basically the same way the Belgian ships were. A large black triangle with one light at each corner. It's most commonly seen in the Antelope Valley of Southern California, but they have been spotted all over the U.S. and even on the moon. A YouTube video posted by Secure Team 10 made the rounds in conspiracy theory news circles in 2016. It claimed that if you zoomed in on a picture from the Apollo 12 moon landing, you could see the lights of a black manta in space. The TR-3s are claimed to have a seemingly endless list of capabilities. The Black Manta flies through space at unusual speed. The Astra appears as multiple ships in multiple locations on radar. All three have complete invisibility and uncloaking capabilities. The TR-3s are certainly one impressive fleet of ships. That is, if they actually exist. Let's jump into the first part of this theory. Are these impressive aircraft even real? There's one damning piece of evidence that suggests they are. The official U.S. patent for their design. Conspiracy theorists often point to a patent for an, quote, aircraft of low observability, end quote, which is available online. 
The schematics of the patented design seem to match eyewitness descriptions of the so-called Black Manta. The Black Manta is described as flat, triangular, and almost undetectable by radar. The patented aircraft matches this description to a T. It also says, quote, the surfaces of the wing are as flat as possible. Radar return from such a structure is little more than a specular flash, which would not normally attract attention, end quote. This patent was filed by Teledyne Inc. in 1975. According to their website, Teledyne is a digital imaging and aerospace technology company. Their imaging sensors can detect galaxies 13.4 billion light years away. They also created the engine that's powering the Curiosity rover on Mars. Meaning that they have business ties with NASA. So if NASA was responsible for reverse engineering these black triangle UFOs, it stands to reason that they might work with Teledyne to do it. The ties between Teledyne and the U.S. government actually don't end there. By the time this patent was filed, Teledyne had acquired Ryan Aeronautical Company, a company that often built aircraft for the U.S. Air Force. Conspiracy theorists credit the Teledyne and Ryan merger and their initials as the namesake of the TR-3. The name TR-3 has actually never been used by Teledyne, the government, or anyone else official. It seems to have originated within conspiracy circles. Also, Despite the patent for its design, there's no proof this aircraft of low observability was ever actually created. The U.S. nor any organization has ever admitted to creating the so-called TR-3. They wouldn't if it's a secret aircraft. If it's such a secret, I doubt the government would let the patent be available online. We should also mention that the brightly lit TR-3s have been seen flying at low altitudes in heavily populated areas you'd think the government would fly their top-secret aircraft at night in non-heavily populated areas. For a secret stealth plane, it isn't doing much to hide itself. That's why the National Institute for Discovery Science said that the sightings do, quote, not appear consistent with the covert deployment of advanced U.S. Department of Defense aircraft, end quote. That's not to say that secret Department of Defense aircraft are never unintentionally sighted. Take the F-117 Nighthawk, for example. Coincidentally, the Nighthawk is another triangular stealth aircraft, first built in 1982. According to the U.S. Air Force's website, the Nighthawk was, quote, an aircraft so secret Nevada folklore labeled it a UFO, end quote. It was spotted in the sky several times before it was finally declassified in 1988. The Nighthawk was created in the years before the uptick of triangular UFO sightings that the National Institute for Discovery Science mentioned. Some of those alleged UFO sightings could have just been people spotting the Nighthawk. The Belgians actually wondered the same thing during their UFO wave. They asked the U.S. if the UFOs were Nighthawks or any other secret U.S. aircraft, but the U.S. denied it. Also, the Nighthawk doesn't look exactly like the numerous eyewitness accounts, photos, and videos of the supposed TR-3. Many of those photos and videos could certainly be fake, though. With today's readily available technology, it wouldn't be difficult to fake UFO video footage using special effects. Disappointing, but true. I'm giving this part of the conspiracy theory a 5 out of 10. 
The patent is a good piece of evidence for the TR-3's existence, and it makes sense that if a secret defense aircraft was created, the government wouldn't openly take credit for it. But the sheer number of sightings counterintuitively stops me from believing in the TR-3. If the government had a super-secret stealth aircraft, they'd probably take steps to avoid letting it be seen that often. It makes me wonder how many of these sightings are genuine and how many have been fabricated. Let's allow for a moment that the TR-3s do exist. The next question is, are they reverse-engineered from alien technology? The patent for the aircraft of low observability doesn't mention anything about using alien tech. Well, most likely, Teledyne Ryan wouldn't have even known that they had alien tech when they were making the TR-3. Philip J. Corso, a U.S. Army intelligence officer who wrote a book detailing the U.S. government's reverse engineering practices, claimed that the government gave alien technology to companies without telling them where it came from. Companies were then encouraged to take full credit for creating this technology. Teledyne Ryan already had a history of building planes for the government. It makes sense that the government would go to them if they wanted to reverse engineer alien technology. But here's where this theory falls apart. Conspiracy theorists aren't able to put together any clear timeline of when or where this alien technology originated. See, usually when something is said to be reverse engineered, the claim can be traced back to a supposed source. For instance, the transistor radio was invented in December 1947, a few months after a UFO supposedly crashed in Roswell. According to Corso, in the course of those few months, the technology for the transistor was reverse-engineered from alien technology found in the Roswell wreckage. Even for a non-believer, that timeline, along with Corso's status as an official member of the U.S. military, lends some credence to his claim. However, the TR-3's reverse-engineering claim never cites any particular whistleblower or timeline. Corso never mentioned a TR-3-like ship in his book about reverse-engineering, while the Belgian UFO wave is often tied to the black triangular ship seen over the U.S., no one has actually presented a credible timeline for when and how the U.S. would have captured and reverse-engineered a Belgian UFO. It's unclear where exactly the rumors that the TR-3s were reverse-engineered came from. Even MUFON, a leading organization in UFO sightings, defines the TR-3 as a rumored project, saying that, quote, Nobody seems to really know what it is, end quote. The reverse engineering claim seems to come from an assortment of different articles and videos online. But the claims about who built the ships and what they're capable of often contradict each other. There's not even a majority consensus among conspiracy theorists that the TR-3 was reverse engineered from alien tech. Some say it has nothing to do with aliens at all and is just a secret government aircraft. The claim that the government reverse-engineered Black Triangle UFOs appears to be nothing more than speculation. Unlike other instances of supposed reverse-engineering, like the Roswell UFO or Free Energy, no one claims to have seen Black Triangle UFOs being reverse-engineered or even spoken to a whistleblower from within the government. It's all a big game of conspiracy theory telephone. That's why I'm giving this part of the conspiracy theory a zero out of 10. The TR-3 may exist, but there's no evidence whatsoever of it being reverse engineered. 
it's much more likely that if the aircraft are real, they're just a fully terrestrial secret government project. Our next conspiracy theory does have supposedly credible whistleblowers supporting its sinister claim. In fact, this theory is built on multiple whistleblowers all reporting back on the same story. But one whistleblower stands out among the rest. Conspiracy theorists believe that President Dwight Eisenhower made a deal with an alien race. The aliens were allowed to abduct a certain amount of U.S. citizens and, in return, the U.S. would be given advanced technology. The theory has its skeptics, but one of its most outspoken believers is Eisenhower's great-granddaughter, Laura Eisenhower. She says that the president did indeed make this deal, but he didn't really have a choice. We'll get back to that after a quick break. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Now, back to the story. Serving from 1953 to 1961, President Dwight Eisenhower ended the Korean War, strengthened Social Security, and held high approval ratings throughout his presidency. But to conspiracy theorists, Eisenhower is best known for something else. Our third conspiracy theory holds that, in his second year in office, Eisenhower allegedly signed the Griotta Treaty, This treaty allowed an alien race known as the Greys to abduct a certain amount of U.S. citizens to use as test subjects in exchange for advanced alien technology. The supposed events leading up to the treaty don't really help Eisenhower's case. The most popular account detailing how this treaty happened is from a piece called Eisenhower's 1954 Meeting with Extraterrestrials, the 50th Anniversary of First Contact by Dr. Michael Sala. According to one of Dr. Sala's whistleblowers, Naval Intelligence Officer William Cooper, Eisenhower was allegedly brought to Edwards Air Force Base in California on February 20th, 1954, where he met with an alien race known as the Nordics. These aliens looked nearly identical to humans with white hair and pale blue eyes. The Nordics wanted to warn President Eisenhower that an alien group was orbiting Earth's equator. They offered to help protect us from this group and aid in our spiritual development. The problem was they demanded that the U.S. first destroy their nuclear weapons. Eisenhower turned the offer down. Why? Because the Nordics refused to give us their advanced technology. The Nordics apparently believed that we were not spiritually able to handle their technology and would use it to destroy each other. To quote the whistleblower's testimony, This race stated that we were on a path of self-destruction and we must stop killing each other. 
It definitely seems nefarious that Eisenhower valued nuclear weapons and advanced technology over spiritual development. However, according to the testimony, the reason he didn't want to get rid of our weapons was that it would leave the U.S. defenseless to an alien attack. Of course, we don't know the Nordics' true motivations. It's possible that they did want us to be defenseless so they could mount their own attack. Either way, according to the theory, this wouldn't be the last time Eisenhower negotiated with aliens. On the same year, Eisenhower met with another alien race called the Greys. They presented Eisenhower with the following treaty, as detailed by William Cooper. Quote, The aliens would not interfere in our affairs, and we would not interfere in theirs. They would furnish us with advanced technology and would help us in our technological development. They could abduct humans on a limited and periodic basis for the purpose of medical examination and monitoring of our development, with the stipulation that the humans would not be harmed and would be returned to their point of abduction." This treaty, known as the Griotta Treaty, was the one Eisenhower ultimately agreed to. We were finally getting that advanced technology we wanted. We just had to offer up some Americans as alien guinea pigs. In Eisenhower's defense, the Greys were supposed to return their abductees unharmed. But the Greys quickly proved to be untrustworthy. They began abducting more human test subjects than they said they would, even children. Some of them were never returned. And the real kicker? The technology we were getting in return didn't even seem to be that advanced. Whatever lackluster tech we got wasn't specified in Dr. Sala's paper. He offers eyewitness testimonies from whistleblowers, but no proof of the technology we supposedly received in return. It all seems speculative until you remember that Dwight Eisenhower's great-granddaughter, Laura Eisenhower, says it's all true. Though her account of the Griotta Treaty, formed by another set of anonymous whistleblowers, is a little bit different. According to Laura, Dwight Eisenhower was not the original signer of the Griotta Treaty. It was originally signed in July 1934 by President Roosevelt and had to be re-signed every 10 years. Dwight Eisenhower just happened to be the president in 1954 when the contract was up. Laura also denied that her great-grandfather ever met with the Nordics. She does allow that the Nordics offered the U.S. a treaty, which Eisenhower didn't sign, because the Nordics were already in an alliance with another group, the Nazis. If he had to sign a treaty with an alien race, it seemed like the Greys were the better option. They weren't already aligned with another evil group of Earthlings. They offered us advanced technology, and they promised not to hurt us. They just turned out to be lying. According to Laura, the Griotta Treaty has been signed every decade since her great-grandfather signed it. Laura is actively trying to contact the government to convince them to not sign it again when it's next up for renewal in 2024. An actual descendant of Dwight Eisenhower confirming that he signed a treaty with the Greys does appear to lend this theory some credence. At first, let's talk some more about Laura Eisenhower. She's extremely educated in all things that we would call conspiracy theories. According to her website's bio, she's a leading expert on galactic history, working to free us from the 3D holographic time loop and bring us back to our divine powers. Laura doesn't only believe in the Griotta Treaty, but also alien reptile races, 
stargates, gateway portals, and timeline manipulation. She also claims to have been recruited to go to a Mars colony in 2006. Basically, if there's a conspiracy theory, Laura Eisenhower believes in it. And her account of the Griotta Treaty is a little fishy. She claims Dwight didn't make a deal with the Nordics because of their association with the Nazis. However, according to her, the Greys also helped the Nazis develop mind control technology in the late 1930s. So Eisenhower was cool with the Greys' Nazi alliance, but not the Nordics. Well, like we said, according to Laura, Dwight was just re-signing the deal that was already in place. But besides there being no real evidence supporting the existence of the Griotta Treaty, it also seems unlikely that President Eisenhower would be so willing to offer up U.S. citizens. In his farewell speech from the White House in January 1961, he had this to say, quote, In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwanted influence, whether sought or unsought by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist, end quote. Eisenhower thought that the military gaining too much power and influence in politics was a threat to democracy. He urged American citizens to monitor the military-industrial complex and make sure that their influence didn't take over the government's agenda. It seems unlikely that a man so concerned with the military's agenda would exchange American lives for advanced technology, technology that would likely be used by the military. I give this theory a 2 out of 10. One point for creativity, and one for the amount of whistleblowers that say it's true. However, there's just no proof and no clear motive for Eisenhower. And considering all our conspiracy theories together, it seems unlikely that we've ever received alien technology by any means. It is true that reverse engineering is a real practice of the U.S. government. They're just reverse engineering technology from other countries, not other planets. There's just no concrete evidence that we've reverse-engineered any of our technological advancements from aliens. The U.S. government does hide certain projects from the public, like the F-117 Nighthawk. We just doubt that they're hiding alien technology. The reverse-engineering theory seems to be nothing more than a series of coincidences and convenient timing. We discussed last week how in 1947, pilot Kenneth Arnold reportedly saw nine flying saucers traveling at a speed that would break the sound barrier, something that was thought to be impossible at the time. Two weeks later, a flying saucer allegedly crash-landed in Roswell and was taken to Wright Field. And about three months later, a Wright Field test pilot became the first pilot to break the sound barrier. That timeline is a huge coincidence, but it's most likely just that, a coincidence. After all, Wright Field scientists were researching how to break the sound barrier for nearly a decade before they figured it out. Their discovery was probably the fruit of years of hard work, not reverse-engineered alien technology. Conspiracy theories are built on a lack of trust in the government. Sadly, this often leads to not trusting the official story when hard-working human innovators are able to advance technology by ourselves, without the help of a shadowy alien race. For now, we have to accept that the official story is true and trust that we Earthlings are able to make and do some amazing things. 
Thanks for tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. If you want to hear more Conspiracy Theories or listen to any of ParCast's other podcasts, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, CastBox, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast directory. And if you enjoy the show, the best way to help us is to leave a five-star review. Tell us your favorite conspiracy theories on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and on Twitter at ParCast Network. Join us next week for more conspiracy theories. Until then, remember, the truth isn't always the best story. And the official story isn't always the truth. Conspiracy Theories was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Paul Liebeskin, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Paul Mahler. Additional production assistance by Maggie Admire and Carly Madden. Conspiracy Theories is written by Brandon Rizzuto and stars Molly Brandenburg and Carter Roy.